What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground here. Now, before we get started tonight with the show, I want to say a few words on behalf of the company that I have partnered with to help folks protect their financial resources as we enter into the eye of the storm. Now, I don't think I need to remind everybody that this financial crash has been predicted for years, and now we are seeing everything unfold exactly the way the real financial advisors, the real professionals and experts out there have been telling us that it was going to. We have a brief window of opportunity here, folks, and I highly recommend that everybody get on board. They're preparing to roll out their central bank digital currency. The entire system is going to collapse. So I urge everybody out there to seize this opportunity. Don't wait until it's too late. Protect your financial resources Roll over your 401k and your IRAs into precious metal-backed, into gold-backed currency. That is the wave of the future, folks. We know that this is a sound investment. It's been proven over and over and over again. And I can guarantee you that when the market crashes, gold and silver are going to skyrocket in price. Now, I am not a financial expert, as you know, but I have had financial experts on my show who have said exactly that. And I'm sure you've heard many other trusted sources out there warning folks of what's to come. Now is the time. Don't wait. Seize this opportunity, folks. Click the link in the description. And I guarantee you, folks, this will be the best financial decision that you've ever made. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. God bless and Godspeed. Enjoy the show. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is August 13th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So tonight, I'm going to provide a situation analysis report. And since the last time we spoke, there have been some pretty significant developments that I want to talk about, which really underscore the current state of the war and provide significant insights into where we're headed in the weeks to come. This fifth-generational asymmetric warfare continues to rage on as the cabal feels the noose tightening metaphorically, which we all know is going to be quite literal when we get to the phase that all of us have been praying and fighting for for years now, and that is the process of delivering justice to these monsters for the crimes that they have perpetrated against all of humanity. And just last week, we saw yet another example of their desperation in the attacks on Hawaii. And certainly this raises a lot of questions as to what exactly happened, why it happened, and how this serves as a reminder that the enemy still retains the ability to wreak havoc, take lives, and perpetrate mass destruction. So when this story came out, I think all of us intuitively knew that this was not a natural event. And with all of the video evidence that's emerging, several examples of which I already shared on Telegram... We can reasonably conclude that this was a directed energy weapon attack on the island of Maui. You can see similar patterns to what was identified in multiple different examples from previous events. Certainly, Boulder, Colorado comes to mind. Paradise, California immediately comes to mind. And there have been several other examples as well. The irregular burn patterns and flashes of light seen emanating from the sky that in no way resemble lightning are telltale signs that this was some sort of a particle beam microwave type of weapon that was wielded against these innocent people. And I actually shared a brief video taken by an onlooker as they were driving past some of the destruction that I'm going to share with you right now where you can see the flashes. So let's roll that so folks can have a look. 
All right, so as this individual is driving past, you can see these strange flashes. We'll see in just a moment, and then they'll be circled to really highlight. So there's all the fire, there's all the smoke there. They're driving by on the freeway, and there's that irregular flash of light. It looks a lot like some sort of a directed energy weapon. There it is again. So as you can see, folks, there are definitely some anomalies going on there. And I'm sure you've seen a myriad of other evidence that has surfaced since this story broke. They microwave that island. And it's very clear to me that this was HARP technology developed by DARPA that we've seen deployed multiple times recently. Certainly, folks recall the major earthquake in Turkey as an example of tectonic weapons being used to create massive destruction. But as we know with the enemy, and as we saw in the example I just referenced in Turkey, there are always multiple objectives when they go operational with their plans. Now, obviously, when we see an attack like this, it raises the natural question of why this location was chosen and how it ties into the overall agenda of the enemy. Now, certainly, we know that there is an ongoing attempt to destabilize as much of the world as possible and cause as much pain and suffering for humanity as the walls continue to close in around the cabal. And that is indeed happening, as I covered in detail during my last report. So certainly, this is another example of fifth-generation warfare, akin to the train derailments which famously began in East Palestine and have been ongoing. And certainly, we've seen weather warfare being wielded by the enemy with increasing frequency because the alliance has systematically eliminated their other means of attack. I think we can all agree by now that if the enemy was truly at full strength, that we would have seen the attacks get much more aggressive and far more deadly in scope by now, had the White Hats not already eliminated much of their capacity to target these weapons against awakening humanity. Now, we all know that the enemy traffics in fear, and these types of attacks are meant to amplify that emotion on a wide scale to cause confusion and disarray so as to prevent the unification of the people and to derail the focus of the general population from all the disclosure that's happening, particularly with regard to the congressional investigations, which are continuing to not only reveal the truth, but also to inspire more and more whistleblowers to come forward and radically shift the Overton window in terms of introducing the general public to the truth, that all is not what it seems on the surface. We've had Hayes on national TV, talking about Trump ending the corporation in 2018 and his newfound ability to relitigate the 2020 election. She also said that the DOD has the goods on all the fraud that went down and that Trump had no choice but to give the public time to wake up in order to prevent civil war. Let's listen to a clip in case folks missed it. Is that, um, you know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war. That he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get. So this commentary is exactly what we've been talking about now for the better part of two years. But the most significant aspect of this story is the fact that Trump shared it as a way of communicating to all of us that this is indeed accurate information. He even went so far as to call it a masterpiece of commentary. And for folks who haven't seen the full interview, I highly recommend you do. I just showed a brief clip there. 
And we also have Senator Ron Johnson. This is massive, folks. Senator Ron Johnson coming forward publicly as the first individual of his caliber to openly state that COVID-19 was a pre-planned crime against humanity. Let's have a listen to this. Yeah, Marie, you know the doctors that I've been uh, dealing with and talking to for years now. Uh, they, they believe that probably hundreds of thousands of Americans lost their lives because they were denied early treatment. And they were denied it because the FDA sabotaged, for example, ivermectin. And they said, come on, y'all, you're, you're not a cow, you're not a horse. You know, this is this was supposedly horse medicine. No, this is a Nobel Prize winning uh, medicine that, that could, could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. It did save many, many lives because people, you did have doctors with the courage to, uh, and the compassion to actually treat patients using it and putting it at risk of their medical license. But you know, fortunately, you say, what can we do? Well, you know, we do have reporters like yourself, like John Solomon, other people that have the, the courage to report the truth against the mainstream media and against the narrative. But that's the only way this is gonna be solved is we need the truth to be exposed. We need more Americans to listen to the truth, to be exposed to the truth, to pull their heads out of the sand, quite honestly, open up their eyes and understand what is happening in this country. We are going down a very dangerous path but as a path is being laid out and planned by an elite group of people that want to take total control over our lives. And that's what they're doing bit by bit. They do it by increasing you know, massive government spending, increasing the size of government, uh, take over of the WHO. These amendments that are coming up uh, that are gonna be voted on in 2024 on the WHO are frightening and they, they really risk taking away all of our sovereignty. Uh, people have to awake, awaken to the dangers of the moment. I mean, it's, it's just extraordinary to me that, uh, you know, the government was working with social media to amplify lies and suppress truth and has been doing so repeatedly. I mean, you know, we, we just saw the Facebook story, the, the, Twitter, the Twitter files, all of the time, all the way, government officials from uh, the CDC, the FBI, you know, CIA, I mean, a thousand people, according uh, to, uh, to the reporters working on the Twitter files, worked with social media to amplify lies and suppress truth. Why couldn't the American people know? that you know there were other alternatives to treat COVID. Why, why can't the American people know that there were side effects with the vaccine? This is all pre-planned by an elite group of people. That's what I'm talking about. Event 201 that occurred in late 2019 prior to the rest of us knowing about this pandemic. Again, yeah. you know, th this is very concerning in terms of what has happened, what is happening, uh, what continues to be planned for our loss of freedom. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it needs to be exposed, but unfortunately there, there are very few people, even in Congress, that are willing to take a look at this. Uh, they, they all push the vaccine. Uh, they don't want to you know, be, be made aware of the fact that the vaccines might have caused injuries, might have caused death. Uh, you know, so, so many people just simply don't want to admit they were wrong and they're going to do everything right. they can to make sure that they're not proven wrong. We're, well, we're up against people... a very powerful group of people here, Maria. So there you have it, folks. Ron Johnson just lays it out. Now, keep in mind that this individual is deeply connected to U.S. policy on homeland security, and he is openly coming out with information that directly implicates all the key players in the pandemic, from Bill Gates to the World Economic Forum to the U.N., World Health Organization, Mafia, all of the different players that are involved and that were involved right from the very beginning are going to be exposed. So this is a mammoth truth bomb 
a shot across the bow that will undoubtedly escalate the war because his statements were made brazenly on national TV. But this is exactly what we've been waiting for, folks. And this is setting the stage for what's to come. Soon, Jim Jordan's efforts to expose Fauci will connect with Ron Johnson's information with the effect of bringing down the entire establishment. And it will also reveal the mass censorship aimed at stifling the conversation on COVID and literally every other issue that the enemy doesn't want the public engaging in discourse about. Because this is the exact brand of public mobilization against their criminality that would result in the unity amongst we the people that they're trying to prevent at every turn. And as a part of this conversation, we also have to discuss the other major revelation the cabal is working to prevent, which is the connection to the big banks, which finance all of this evil. And undoubtedly, this will be traced back to Epstein and his relationship with Wall Street elites, particularly J.P. Morgan, who was one of the masterminds, by the way, in case you didn't know, of the Titanic false flag, which led to the creation of the Federal Reserve, a private enterprise owned by the Rockefellers, which enabled J.P. Morgan to acquire the financial power it has amassed in the decades since. But in the end, all of the cabal's evil plans will be exposed as a part of the coup against 45, who stood in the way while the enemy began its final assault against us. Senator Johnson, Senator Jordan, Senator Cotton, Senator Paul, are all receiving white hat briefings and have seen all the evidence of the cabal's plot. And in addition to this, we're going to see military commanders come forward to reveal more details about the coup that was allowed to take place in 2020 to wake people up and to initiate continuity of government operations consistent with the art of war and game theory. This is truly biblical, folks. And so this is happening along with the worldwide conversation about child trafficking stimulated by the sound of freedom and the subsequent army of white hat actors who have now been activated and are emerging to talk about pedophilia in the entertainment industry and even more broadly amongst the elite. So the deep state is responding to these events with fifth generational warfare tactics because these are the most powerful weapons at their disposal. And I think it's important for us to pause here for a moment and appreciate the fact that, yes, the cabal still has teeth. But with every chess move, they expose the location of their assets and ultimately leave themselves vulnerable to white hat counterattacks. And we also have to acknowledge how much worse the devastation would be if the alliance were not battling in the background kinetically with the enemy. And in this process, they have dramatically reduced the arsenal. But yes, this is an ongoing war, and indeed, it's not over yet. The pantomime aspect that you hear me talk about all the time is in the way it's all playing out, according to a script that the White Hats developed by bringing enemy assets into submission and forcing them to play a role in this drama, according to the well-known playbook of the enemy. In other words, they know the moves the Black Hats are going to make. But it's not as if they have the ability to prevent any loss of life. At the end of the day, this is a war. And regardless of your opinion on the white hat tactics, 
And I respect folks out there who have differences of opinion. I think we all have to agree that humanity was never going to get out of this completely unscathed, regardless of which path the alliance chose to go down. And I'm not going to pontificate on this today because I've made the argument ad nauseum in the past, but I do think it's an important piece of the puzzle that we have to weave into our analysis in order to understand the big picture. So having said all that, in order to frame the conversation and once again, reestablish the enemy objectives in terms of dividing and conquering the people and preventing us from solely focusing on the incriminating evidence emerging, let's talk about some of the other objectives of this Hawaii attack. For some time now, we've been discussing the climate change hoax. And every day that goes by, we see the cabal continuing to push this narrative in order to use this fake existential threat to usher in their new world order. And in my last episode, I touched upon this as well. They're pushing for one world government, and they need a way of scaring the public into submission, acceptance, and agreement that nation states should surrender their sovereignty to a non-elected and unaccountable worldwide bureaucracy. It's the same playbook that they run over and over again. And given the fact that, as we just established, whether weaponry is still in their arsenal, and by the way, they spent decades developing this weaponry at DARPA in order to push this climate change agenda, it's obvious that they're following the pattern of problem, reaction, solution in order to push this agenda through. We already saw the New York Times and several other establishment rags using the Hawaii false flag as a way to do exactly what I just described. The New York Times headline is, quote, how climate change turned lush Hawaii into a tinderbox. Yahoo News, Hawaii wildfires, how climate change contributed to starting the Maui blaze. Associated Press, what's driving Maui's devastating fires and how climate change is fueling those conditions. So all you have to do is look at the headlines and you know what the agenda is and exactly how they're causing the problems, driving the reactions, and then presenting an agenda of the enemy cloaked in deception as a benevolent solution. It couldn't be more obvious to us, and I venture to say that even the normies and the sleepers are beginning to question all of these events as they unfold with increasing frequency. This is why all of this is being allowed to play out in order to awaken the masses to what we've long known are the tactics of the enemy. I think this is the fundamental question that's being posed to humanity right now. Are all of these train derailments and fires and so-called natural disasters actually natural? Or is there some sinister force behind it all? And while the answer to that question from a majority of the population has historically been shrouded in ignorance, the congressional investigations, the widespread death associated with the jab and the pandemic, and the emergence of whistleblowers and prominent individuals exposing the true nature of the establishment have generated the necessary level of cognitive dissonance in order to shift the pendulum in the opposite direction toward mass awakening. So it should be very clear to folks at this point, especially within the Patriot community, that this incident is just another example in a long series going back as far as we can remember of the enemy attacking humanity and blaming it on something else or someone else, and then offering a solution which is in reality far greater than any threat posed by the initial incident. 
And we can see very clearly that the enemy no longer even attempts to hide this push for one world government and even one world religion. But that's not a topic I'm going to get into today, although I am working on some material for a future episode to break all of that down. And, you know, before we move on from the Hawaii story, and certainly we will revisit it as more details emerge, I think we should also touch upon the likely reason that Hawaii was chosen to be targeted. Certainly, you've heard folks discuss the high-value oceanfront property that will be downgraded as a result of this and enable the cabal to snatch it up for pennies on the dollar, and I don't disagree. But I also think it's worth stating that the kingdom of Hawaii is slated to become an independent republic again, once the full restoration of the constitution goes into full effect, presumably on the other side of the storm. So I think it's very likely that the cabal chose to target the islands to respond to this white hat move to seize more territory, just like they've done in other parts of the world, including Niger, which we discussed during my last episode, and I'm going to expand upon tonight a little bit later in the show. But their efforts will fail. You can count on that because the White Hats have countermeasures in place to prevent these attacks from enabling the enemy to achieve their overall objectives. So while we acknowledge and grieve the loss of life in Hawaii and everywhere else that we've seen this chaos and destruction, we must also temper our emotions with an understanding that the alliance has prevented the deaths of billions by establishing safeguards for the controlled demolition, derailing the path to civil war, and mitigating the arsenal of the cabal, which, as we know, was designed to kill us all. I think it's important for us to remember that as this war enters its final stages. And indeed, as it does, we are continuing to see more narrative prep for the false flag alien invasion. And on that topic, I want to drill into the recent events in Peru because this really is a fascinating story. And it ties directly into all the endgame objectives that we have long discussed from the perspective of both sides, of course. But we know that in the end, it's going to be the White Hats playing all of their trump cards that's going to decide the outcome of this war, and indeed, already has. So I'll do a brief recap of what happened in Peru for those who haven't heard the details of the story, and then we'll delve into what it all means as we connect the dots between this event and everything else that's happening simultaneously. So according to the story, which, by the way, is all over the mainstream news in Peru, a 15-year-old girl was abducted a little bit more than a month ago in the jungles of a very remote region inhabited by a tribe called the Akitu. And during this attempted abduction, the girl fought back and was able to escape with lacerations on her neck. And of course, she ran back to safety. And she informed the tribe that she was attacked, not with words, but rather by virtue of the fact that she was not only wounded, but she was in shock to the point where she couldn't even talk for a few hours. So the men in the tribe gathered up their weapons and began searching the jungle, anticipating that they would find the perpetrator, which they presumed to be human. However, rather than encountering what they expected, they crossed paths with something entirely different. And here's where the story gets really wild. The villagers are reporting contact with seven-foot-tall non-terrestrials that have the appearance of the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man movies. And they have not only armor on their bodies, but also red circular lights emanating from their shoes, which gives them the ability to levitate. 
They also have the ability to camouflage themselves in the trees in a sort of invisibility cloak similar to what was popularized in the film Predator. And so starting back on July 11th of 2023, just, just a little more than a month ago, after this attempted abduction took place, the villagers have been kinetically battling these aliens who they say are attacking them every single night. But they also admit that their rifles and shotguns have no effect on these entities. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that this girl had lacerations on her neck. And this ties directly into a local legend in the area of the Peruvian jungle of what they call the face peelers. There was actually an interview on Redacted with Clayton Morris with an individual by the name of Timothy Alberino, who has lived in this area before. I actually shared this on Telegram. And he knows of the local legends about non-terrestrial entities abducting individuals and removing their face with surgical precision. I even saw an image of a man whose face had been completely removed that was being carried off somewhere after being found dead. And you can see very clearly, even though the mainstream media tries to spin this as a piranha attack, all you have to do is look at the photo to see that this poor man did not suffer from bites but rather was attacked by some being not of this world. When I mentioned surgical precision a moment ago, I wasn't joking. And folks can do their own research. And of course, when we hear about this, we're reminded of the infamous Frazzle Drip video, where Hillary and Huma did exactly that to the victim. And then you couple that with knowing who these monsters really are that are posing as human, and you begin to connect the dots to understand the nature of the predatory element that we're dealing with here. This horrifying practice was alluded to in the film Castaway with Tom Hanks, where his bloody handprint on the Wilson volleyball represents the face of the victim who was tortured for adrenochrome and ultimately cannibalized. So naturally, the indigenous people are horrified, especially amidst the backdrop of the legend I just spoke of. And so they appealed to the military to assist them in combating these entities. And when the Navy sent a task force, their conclusion in their investigation was that these were not non-terrestrial, but rather illegal miners on jetpacks who were using scare tactics to remove the indigenous people to pilfer their resources, which is obviously a ridiculous cover story, if for no other reason than the fact that the seven-foot-tall creatures appear to be completely impervious to traditional human weaponry. In other words, they're bulletproof. And they also have super high-tech equipment in tow that I mentioned a moment ago, which is entirely inconsistent with the narrative being pushed by the Peruvian military. And this is especially curious because there's a long history of the media in Peru actually taking the topic of non-terrestrial abductions and UAP or UFO sightings, deadly serious. So this raises a host of questions clearly as to what's actually going on here. Is this an actual alien incursion that was chosen due to its remote landscape? By the way, folks, this village where this is supposedly happening is a 10-hour boat ride to the nearest city, the next place where there's any civilization at all. That's how remote it is. So is that the reason if it is a real alien incursion that it's going on there as a sort of testing ground for human response and preparation for a larger attack? Or is this narrative prep for Project Bluebeam? 
And folks, I have to say that while I'm certain that these types of entities exist and that the legends are indeed real, when you consider the timing of all this and of all the other disclosure that we're starting to see on this issue and many others, I'm inclined to think that the latter explanation is far more credible under the circumstances, that this is narrative prep for Project Bluebeam. So let's go a bit deeper here and break down some cue the storm writer intel on this story to see if we can connect the dots between Peru and the larger agenda of non-terrestrial disclosure, as well as how this ongoing incident ties into so many of the other theaters of this war. Because as we know, everything is connected and there are no coincidences. Now, for quite some time now, we've explored the wide-ranging implications of 5G. And it turns out that this technology is far more complex than most people realize as it pertains to the false flag alien invasion and with respect to the directed energy weapons that we saw in Hawaii. Vladimir Putin identified this threat long ago, and he had all of the 5G towers removed because he knew the military applications would be wielded against his people, especially once the incursion into Ukraine began. In fact, the deep state plan was not only to use sonar for military mapping and spying purposes, but it was also engineered to facilitate the false flag alien invasion with directed energy weapons and the ability to mimic 3D holograms. So the idea was to use the towers to roll out the alien invasion in Ukraine. But because Putin and the White Hats were aware of this, and the fact that the 5G frequency was intended to mimic the effects of COVID, which by the way is on the docket for exposure as whistleblowers await the opportunity in Congress to reveal that this is indeed the case, Russia just went ahead preemptively and removed the towers and thereby forced the deep state to rethink their strategy as it pertains to Project Bluebeam. And by the way, it's also now well understood that in addition to all these threat vectors presented by 5G, it can also interface with the aluminum nanotech sprayed in the chemtrails, which are intended on one level to block out the sun in an effort to suppress the immune system and on an even deeper level to prevent human ascension. And with regard to the pandemic, the idea was to use 5G to magnify the graphene oxide and further enhance its ability to overwrite human DNA. This is a transhuman agenda. So once again, we see the multi-layered objectives of the enemy chess moves coming into view as all of this plays out. So in light of all this, the deep state rolled out the 5G towers intentionally ahead of the planned false flag alien invasion, which, as I mentioned a moment ago, was intended to start alongside the failing NATO effort in Ukraine. But because Russia got ahead of it and forced yet another interruption in the cabal attack plan against humanity, being quarterbacked by the three-letter agencies, particularly the CIA, the enemy was forced to explore another way to deploy this attack vector. And so what we have here is a new beta test in Peru. I think we can all agree that the aforementioned cover story of illegal miners is asinine. And so therefore, we must conclude that this is either a real incursion or a prelude to the full-scale false flag alien invasion. And Stormrider is asserting that this is a beta test in Peru, which is why it's garnering MSM attention, to build out the narrative before they're ready to go operation. 
but you can bet that the alliance is monitoring their activity as we speak and has already prepared counter moves. Now, earlier I mentioned the coup in Niger, and I want to go into this in a little more detail because I do believe we are going to see more and more action stemming from this continent now that the first major domino has fallen. And we've seen military intervention against the deep state play out in real time, foreshadowing what's to come worldwide. My understanding is that right now, there are more than 20 African nations which have made covert alliances with Russia. Now that Niger has thrown off EU control and is reestablishing sovereignty over its people and their resources, particularly uranium, which has been pilfered for decades by the enemy to expand its arsenal. They also stopped the oil and gas pipelines running through their country that only enriches the banksters on Wall Street and their high-level controllers like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. And I have to say that I found Stormrider's intel on what's unfolding in Africa fascinating as it takes us back to Muammar Gaddafi and the infamous events in Benghazi, Libya that were quarterbacked by HRC during Obama's tenure. Stormrider refers to this as the ghost of Gaddafi, which has become the stuff of legend in Africa because of his efforts to take on the cabal and liberate his people and their resources, just like the recent events in Niger have done. And in so doing, he became a hero to the African people and an inspiration for the military white hats on the once great continent to restore their nations and reinvigorate their people to fight for their independence and sovereignty. Gaddafi made Libya the first country free from world debt. And he gave his people health care, housing, and education. He was uniting Africa against the CIA and MI6 and essentially the deep state Rockefeller control grid, and was in the process of creating an African united banking system backed by gold and African natural resources, which would have freed the continent from the enslavement of colonialism from the United States, France, and several other EU countries. Not only that, Gaddafi's African banking system would have put the EU, China, and the United States into immediate banking collapse as these countries were robbing Africa of its resources and its minerals for hundreds of years. And so Gaddafi's plan was to end the deep state operation there. And this is the reason that the Rockefellers, through the Clintons, through the CIA, through Obama, had him killed. So according to Stormwriter's intel, Africa was waiting for the storm to arrive, and many of the countries were warned back in 2017, that a world revolution was coming that would expose the CIA, that would expose MI6 and the Rockefeller-Rothschild control grid, which of course includes the UK royals and the EU elite over the African countries. So it's not a coincidence that Africa is mobilizing right now against the deep state, ahead of the eye of the storm at exactly the right time, ahead of the near-death experience here in the U.S., as the enemy has had their resources vastly diminished. And so right now, Niger is on the brink of war with the West African bloc controlled by MI6 and the Rothschilds, as Nigeria threatened military operations against Niger to reinstall its old government and gave them a deadline to comply, which has already expired. But this is exactly why the Wagner Group was deployed to Niger. And the people there are waving the PMC flag along with the Russian flag. They have the full support of the Russian military. 
and they will repel any incursions into their territory with a fierceness now that this new powerful alliance has been made public. And I guarantee you, this will spread throughout the continent in the weeks and months ahead, folks. Niger is just the beginning. So like Stormrider says, a massive storm is brewing in Africa as several countries are watching the events unfold against EU and US colonialism. And the ghost of Gaddafi is alive and well as African countries get ready for a fight for their freedom away from the EU-US deep state control. Oh, and by the way, Niger told the US, we don't need your aid anymore. As the useless sanctions have already begun, Niger told the US, keep your money and help the homeless people in your own country. What an incredible time to be alive, folks. There is so much happening, and in the weeks ahead, it will assuredly pale in comparison to the escalation of events that we're about to witness. With every passing day, the storm is picking up speed, and as it does, we need to be cautious amidst our optimism because, as we've discussed tonight, the deep state very much retains the ability to inflict chaos and suffering on their way out. And they have every intention of doing so. And we've also discussed many times the imminent false flag that will be blamed on Trump supporters and patriots. And I have to say that my gut tells me that the 30,000 tons of missing ammonium nitrate that disappeared on the train from California to Wyoming may very well play a role in this coming false flag incident. You know that they're going to trigger some sort of major catastrophic event and blame it on us as a pretense to tighten their authoritarian control and prevent the widespread acknowledgement of their crimes and subsequent executions. But again, I do believe that we are watching a pantomime and that there will be no red lines crossed that would result in civil war. That would negate the entire purpose of the Q operation. Now, if that ever changes, then we the people stand ready to fight for our freedom. Make no mistake about that. But as I've been consistently saying since the day I started this journey with all of you, my heart and my faith and my soul resonates with the Q operation. And my deepest conviction is that God has initiated this plan to save humanity from destruction. And hence, we will ultimately celebrate victory together. And I do also believe that that day is approaching quite rapidly, folks. Brace yourselves for the storm. But keep your eyes and your hearts connected to God as we go through it, knowing deep down inside that the best is truly yet to come. All right, folks, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Please take a second to hit that like button if you did, and let me know in the comments what you thought of today's episode. And you can also check out the description of the video for ways to support my work. Right now, I'm somewhat limited in terms of accepting donations, but certainly you can check out patriotunderground.shop, which is my merch store. A lot of high quality items there, very reasonably priced, helps me out quite a bit. Thank you to everybody out there who has made a purchase. I also want to mention tonight before I let all of you go, patriotundergroundgold.com and patriotundergroundsilver.com. You can click on either one in the description of the video and my team will contact you and explain how easy it is to roll over your IRA or your 401k into precious metals. Now is the time to do so, folks ahead of the collapse, protect the wealth that you have worked your entire life to earn, patriotundergroundgold.com. You've heard all the top experts, Scott Young, Jim Willie, 
all recommend precious metal accounts for good reason, folks. And now is the time to do it. And I partnered with the best in the industry. And I will only offer you what I truly believe in myself. And on that note, patriotswitch.com slash patriotunderground, the best site out there for all of your household and personal items, not to mention some of the best beef that's out there on the market, period. This company has an absolutely stellar reputation, an incredible customer retention rate for good reason. And most importantly, as far as I'm concerned, they're standing shoulder to shoulder with us in this war against the enemy. They are competing directly against the big box conglomerates. We know how evil they are. Why shop with them? If you're going to buy these products that you need, you might as well shop with the good guys. PatriotSwitch.com slash Patriot Underground. Just click the link in the description, folks. I wouldn't steer you wrong. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. God bless and Godspeed. I'll be back soon. Patriot out.